0: You're listening to Insights for Living with Pastor Boju Oyemade. Pastor Boju is the Senior Pastor of the Covenant Nation. This morning, I want to continue on uh, uh, teaching on the subject of faith. Uh, Because I want um, every single person, this is the uh, central calling of God on my life. And I just realized uh, some months ago, all right, that i had gotten a bit distracted from it, and I wanted, all right, to go back to it and to make sure that all of us in the covenant nation are established in the practice of the word of faith. So I'll start out by reading from Romans chapter 4 and verse 12. And in the next three weeks, I want to look at the steps of this faith. It says that, and the father of circumcision, to them who are not of circumcision only, but who also work in the steps of that faith of our father Abraham, which he had yet been uncircumcised. So it speaks about the children or the seed of Abraham are children of faith. Or they that are of faith are the seed of Abraham, and they are considered as the real children of God. And so it tells us about the steps. Now, growing up as a Christian and teaching the word of God, I never really liked the idea of understanding as a practical way of teaching, okay, because people absorb knowledge the way they absorbed it when they were children. And so that's really what goes on. So in order to communicate effectively, all right, is best you teach and break things into units. All right, so people say seven steps to this or eight steps to that. But in the practice of it, it might be more than eight steps. Or the Holy Ghost might ask a person, and when you start using eight, five, six steps, uh, it can get so mechanical that people memorize the steps and just deploy those steps without the direction of the Holy Spirit, the guidance of the Holy Spirit in the application of the Word of God. And then when I got into trouble and it doesn't work, they said, well, you told us these were the five steps. But here in this scripture, it actually talks about the steps. In other words, these were the steps that Abraham took in walking by faith or operating in faith. And so we want to look at the steps of that faith of Abraham and understand that when we are operating in faith to get supernatural results, we follow through on these steps. Romans four seventeen begins to tell us about the steps. As it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations, before him, whom he believed, even God. First thing, who quickeneth the dead. Second thing, calleth those things that be not as though they were. Third thing, who against hope believed in hope, that he might be a father of many nations, according to what was spoken. So shall thy seed be. Fourth principle there, and be not weak in faith. How did I do that? not considering his own body now dead, yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. But, it says, staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. And being fully persuaded that that which God had promised, God was also able to perform, the Bible says it was imputed unto him for righteousness. So I want to look at these steps and break them down in the next three weeks. So we start out with the first one. It says in Romans 4 and verse 17, it says, as it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations before him whom he believed, even God that first quickened the dead. That's quickened Abraham. And then the next thing, calleth into existence those things that be not as though they are. Or what? The word quicken is an old English word for giving life. In other words, he first gave life, the life of that project to Abraham. And then after that, Abraham started was the next instruction, start calling into existence those things that I've shown you as though they were. In other words, if you are going to bring anything into existence, you must speak the language of faith. And the language of faith does not put the promise of God in the future, doesn't say that God, all right, is going to do this for me one day with all certainty, but talks about it as either something that you already experienced, if it's a one-off thing, or something that you are experiencing, making use of or interacting with at this particular moment. If its present continues. In other words, you call it into existence by talking about it as though it were. That is, it's in existence in my life now. That's how I call it from the realm of the Spirit into the natural realm. So faith has a language. And first thing is that he gives life. Uh, and after he gives life, he then says, change. So he called Abraham and said, change your name. And so every time Abraham called himself by that name, he was calling into existence those things that be not as though they were. Every time he answered to that name, he was responding to the promise that God had made unto him. He was calling himself something or somebody who apparently with the fiscal eyes, he definitely wasn't. But by doing that, he was calling that thing out of the realm of the spirit right into the physical realm. And so faith starts with the quickening. Well, look at that this morning. And then after you are quickened, it says the next thing is there must be sound. In other words, life and then sound. When a baby is born, how do you know the baby has life? Because of the sound, which means sound is an indication of new life. And so once God gives life, he says the sound that is coming out of you must change. Uh, you don't start talking about what you are going through. If you talk about what you are going through, you will go through it for the rest of your life. You'll start talking about where you are going to as something that you are experiencing right now in your life. In other words, you are calling it into existence as though it were or it is. It is a present reality or is something that you have already experienced. We're going to it in detail. So let's assume you have, you have put out your faith for a job. The declaration should be sound like this. I, all right, am experiencing great joy and fulfillment at this particular new job that I got, all right, a few weeks ago interacting with the people on this job has been something that you are calling that experience into existence as though it were. You are not talking about the fact that, listen, I'm looking for a job, I'm looking for a job and saying that. You are, and this is to your own self, all right, not to other people here in this practice. It is to your own self here. Yeah. And you have a declaration of faith where you give sound, all right, to so that particular thing that has been quickened. So it starts with the quickening. So here is how it begins. God took man from the dust of the ground in Genesis chapter 2 and verse 7 and breathed into him that breath of life. That's the starting point. And the Bible says and man became a living soul. In other words, first thing was the breath of life. And then it says man became a living soul. Became a conscious being. Or the Hebrew sages tell us, The original translation in Hebrew reads this way, And God breathed into man the breath of life, and man became another speaking spirit like God. So he breathed life into you, and the next thing he says, You are now a speaking spirit. You are to start giving voice to what I have placed on the inside of you. And it tells us, according to that which is written, a father of many nations have I made thee. In other words, that life was transferred and that breath entered into Abraham by that which was written concerning him, which is a father of many nations have I made thee. And one of the reasons why we are given the scripture is that it's through the scriptures that God breathes life on the inside of us, and when that life comes in by a word that He shows us, then He says start giving sound to this particular word. So we have this in Second Timothy chapter three and verse sixteen. All scripture, remember, it starts out according to that which is written. It was quickened by that. All scripture is given by the inspiration. That word inspiration is the same word that is called breath. In other words, all scripture is given by the breath of God. So when a scripture enters into you for a situation, the breath of God literally has entered into you. And now you are conscious, all right, of what God has said, and you should speak about your own self or about whatever it is you have put out your faith for. According to that new consciousness, that that scripture has given unto you. But we'll get to this, where we'll break it down all right in more detail next week. But I want to establish something here, the quickening part. And I want to show a prayer that cannot be denied. And this was what Jesus was talking about when he said, Ask, and you shall receive. When he said, Seek, and you shall, not may, you shall find. When he said, Knock, it's not me, it says and the door shall be opened up unto you. So there's the quickening, that's the first thing God does. He quickens the dead and he uses alright, and it's a spirit that does it. For Jesus said, now look at quickening and words again, Jesus said in John six sixty three, he said, the flesh profiteth John 6. Again. The, it is the spirit that quickeneth. The flesh profiteth nothing. The words that I speak, they are spirit and they are life. So it's the spirit that quickens. And then it says the words that I now speak as a result of the quickening of the spirit They are spirit and they are life. We also say the spirit as the one who quickens. In Romans chapter 8 and verse 11, it says, If the same spirit that raised up Jesus from the dead dwells on the inside of you, he shall quicken your mortal or death-doomed bodies. Quicken. So it's the Holy Ghost. Quicken by his spirit, that dwells on the inside of you. So the Spirit is the one who comes, all right, to quicken. And we said he makes use of what is written to quicken you in a third situation. And here's the starting point. That's why David said in Psalm 119 and verse 49, He said, remember thy word unto thy servant, upon which thou hast caused me to hope. And this is where you get quickened. The next verse he says, this is my comfort in my affliction, for thy word hath quickened me. So David was going through affliction and going through things. And then he was quickened by a word that was given unto him. When he says quicken there, quicken there, he didn't see any way out of that situation. All right? He went through a lot of things in his life. And he was talking about one of the times he went through it. And he said it was great affliction. He didn't understand all right, how he could ever get out of this situation. That's why it's called quicken the dead, which means as far as it's concerned, this is a dead case. Nothing can happen here again is dead. Closed end. But God comes to quicken, to actually give hope. And he received comfort for that affliction, which means God showed him that, look, this is the way out. For with every temptation, he has prepared a way of escape. And he showed him, and and he says, I was comforted. Just reading it, I became comforted, right? It, It soothed my soul. I was quickened, I was energized by that particular word you gave. God breathed into David at that particular point the breath of life through the Scriptures. And it's the Holy Spirit who is responsible, all right, to get that job done for us. He is the one that quickens. So in approaching things, this is what I want to show this morning here. All right, let us start with the Holy Spirit. And I explain what I mean. Let's not start with our own selves. Let us start with the Holy Spirit. For Galatians chapter 3 and verse 3 tells us, it says, Are you so foolish, Haven't begun in the Spirit? Are you now trying to perfect yourself? in the flesh, by your own effort. So you begin in the Spirit. Uh, Your start is the Holy Spirit that actually starts this thing. I want to show that the Holy Spirit is the one that gives hope. The Holy Spirit is the one that administers faith. The Holy Spirit is also responsible for love, which means throughout the entire process. We have made it hard when God made it easy. We try to build faith on our own, independent of the Holy Spirit. But the Bible says the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. And one of the manifestations of the Spirit in 1 Corinthians chapter 13 is called faith. In fact, in Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 14, or I just want to show you that the Spirit administers His faith. For this cause I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you, the whole family on earth and heaven, that you be next verse, that he will grant you according to the riches of his glory, to so be strengthened with might by his Spirit in your inner man, that Christ may dwell in your heart by faith, and that you will be rooted and grounded in love. That love comes through the oppressions of the Holy Spirit on the inside. So, it is the Holy Spirit that starts it. I'm not sure how it does it. All right? He starts the entire thing, and it's the Holy Spirit who finishes it in us. As the Bible says that God is at work in us, that's the Spirit, both to will and also to do of his own pleasure. So, how do we approach this? All right? Starting with the Spirit of God. Here's the one. What do I do when I'm confronted, all right, with a situation or there's a desire or or something, all right? It's the Holy Spirit that is the one that will start the valid and true process. John 3 and verse 6 says, That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. So the Holy Spirit starts it. He gives birth to it. He is the breath of life. He is the one that will start the entire process. So how do you handle it? All right? I said, person is in business and everything has stagnated, I don't know what to do next, all right? The Holy Spirit can come and he will give birth to something new. He will, he will show you what the next thing is. Uh, one I'll be what you are thinking, all right? Is not what you guess or what you think. He will open. He will start it. The very thing that is supposed to come in next, the Holy Spirit himself will show you because you are dealing with your inheritance. You are not dealing with your own will. And this is why we miss it. We are dealing with the father's inheritance. Now, if a father leaves an inheritance for his children, all right, it is, and this is what God is challenging us to. He says, look, I have left an inheritance for you. All right, now, if the father says, I've left an inheritance for my children, and the father has been boasting all the life that there is no partiality with me, I love you all the same, I have sacrificed every same thing for you, and then it's time to read the wheel, and then he says, I have 12 houses, six are given to this child, three to this other one, The boys' quarters over there is for, you will know that this father does not love me. All these days you have been saying, you love me. This inheritance has shown. What God is saying is, when you see what I have planned to do for you, you will know I love you. In other words, he is saying, all right, what I plan to do is exceedingly abundant above anything you can ask or think. But for us to teach Christianity is an error. That, listen, you just choose what you want and treat God as an ATM machine, all right? This is where people are missing. The cross is part of Christianity. In other words, it is not my will, but your will be done. Now, the issue is, are you saying that your own will is better, all right, than what God has planned for you? That's, that's what you're trying to say. And God says, all right, let me put it to the test here. And so many things that people begin to call into existence, all right, as though it were, all right, first of all, they weren't quickened in those things. And that's where the problem is. Uh, the Holy Spirit is not born of the Spirit it is born of their flesh, which means it's the fleshly thing there that they are reaching for. And that's where the problem comes. And when you start calling those things into existence and you are repeating those things and you are declaring those things, all right, after some time, you can now start getting deluded because, all right, it goes into, I mean, if you start repeating something and start repeating something and start repeating something to yourself, after some time, if it's not true, you can come personally to accept it even though that thing is not in existence in the realm of the Spirit, and then, all right, trouble, all right, begin, all right, to start. So people, that's why this name it and claim it is not part of the faith message. The faith message starts with the Spirit. In other words, I say to myself, let's assume uh, somebody says I lost my job. All right, the Holy Spirit says, well, God has a plan for you in this situation. Let us start with the spirit. This is what I'm saying. The spirit of God let him come in. He is the one. John 16 verse 13. The Bible says, when he is come, he will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he hears, shall he speak. And he will show you things. He will show you things to come. So it's the Holy Spirit that will show you the things that are to come, is his responsibility. And when he shows you what is to come, then he says, start calling at what I have shown you into existence as though it were. Isaiah chapter 32 and verse 14 and verse 15. It starts with the Spirit. That's why Paul said, I know this shall turn to my salvation. through your prayer and the supply of the Spirit of Jesus. He said, I don't know what will come out of this. But I can tell you it's going to turn to my salvation. I can't tell you now in exact terms what is going to come out. But he said, I can tell you Christ is going to be glorified. I can tell you to be according to my earnest expectation and hope that in nothing I shall be ashamed. I can't give you the detail, but I can tell you that this will be turned to my salvation. Now, when the Spirit of God has come in answer to prayer, he says, he will now show me the plan of God for this situation, and then I can speak it forth into the earth. All right? And how is he going to show me the plan? He will show me what is written concerning it, and then I will begin to declare. So it starts with the Spirit. All right? Starts with the Spirit. And this way we cannot, all right, be denied. That's the blessing. So Jesus, or let's first look at um, Isaiah 34 uh, and and verse 14. It says, The wild beasts of the desert shall also. Sorry, Isaiah 32 verse, 14, 32, verse 14. Because the palaces shall be forsaken and the multitude of the city shall be left, the forts and the towers shall be for dens forever, a joy of wild asses, a pasture of flocks. It says all this is going on until the Spirit be poured upon us from on high. This podcast is brought to you by the Covenant Nation. For more information, visit www.insightsforliving.org. Thank you and God bless.